0: You're listening to another great message from Northside Community Church. Now, isn't it interesting that Jesus would choose prayer as a topic to really give some fairly comprehensive and intense teaching? I mean, why would you do? I mean, it wasn't as though the people weren't already praying. I mean, his his hearers would have been people of great prayer. The Old Testament, a first century Jewish person was heavily involved in prayer. The Old Testament contains heaps of references to prayer, exhortations to prayer, examples of prayer. Even the pagans, the Gentiles, they were people of prayer. Jesus makes reference to them. When in verse seven, he says, don't use a lot of meaningless words like the pagans do. So there was lots of prayer happening when Jesus was ministering. So why does Jesus go into specific details about prayer when prayer was already such an established part of worship, an established part of the religious scene and had been for centuries? Well, some of you are a step ahead. You know why, because the answer becomes clear as we see some of the things that Jesus had to say about what was happening with prayer in his day, it becomes clear as we realize that prayer in some circles had become little more than a spiritual performance. A, a bit of a, a means by which people tried to impress others by their gestures and, and, and by their words. Jesus refers to these people in verse 5. He says, He's speaking about those who stand up in worship and those who stand on the street corner praying eloquently. He said, They do that so that everyone will see them so that everyone will see them i'm sure the motivation was not performance based but i can recall growing up in churches where in churches of christ there was a thing called the prayers of the church and and, and many of our ministers and many of our laymen had sort of developed a very intense almost theatrical approach To prayer, and if you're as old as me, you can remember some of this. And and I can remember people coming to the to the lectern in my church at Wiley Park with with reams of paper for the prayer, uh, fully worded or or, or in in note form. And they would and the coverage in the prayers was incredible, like every needy point in the world. It was like kind of like watching the SBS World News. Uh, Everything was covered. And they would use the most eloquent of language and it had to be a special kind of person who could use this language like we beseech thee O Lord and bestow thy grace upon us. And one of my favourites which only popped up a little bit, though chafe thy presence, <laughs> though chafe. Give, pray. how old am I? I mean, uh, no, I, I didn't grow up in the Dickensian era, but uh, actually I saw a great example of this in college, this style of prayer. When I was in theological college, uh, we, had, we had devotions in the chapel every day because it was a live-in community. We were all on campus, apart from a few external students. And uh, so we had devotions. And on this particular day, one of our students, he uh, was focusing on prayer and he distributed little bits of paper at the beginning of the devotions where you could write a little prayer, and I think the topic was Thanksgiving or something. So you had to write a little prayer, and then you'd, you'd share it in a circle, right? Well, the first person in the circle was one of our most esteemed lecturers, a man of great biblical and theological knowledge. Well, either he didn't hear the instruction, or whatever, but the prayer that he prayed, was more than what you could fit on a little bit of paper. It was an eloquent, lofty prayer, using some of these words. And the next guy in the line, his response was to do this. And throw a bit of paper away. (laughs) As if to say, how are you going to match that? Now, that's one of the things that happens in theological colleges, which you're not supposed to tell churches about, but I've told you. And so it was a long way back and... <laughs> but yeah, we all kind of laughed, and it was the point was made. You know, he said it was simple. Let's just get it, get it. Well, you know, uh, in Luke's version of this incident with Jesus and the teaching about prayer, um, it's the disciples to request some instruction on prayer. That's Luke's version. Lord, teaches the to pray as John the Baptist taught his disciples. Here in Matthew, it's part of the Sermon on the Mount. But look, irrespective of the circumstances, it becomes very clear that our Lord is wanting to strip away some of the superficiality, some of the uh, hypocrisy, some of the insincerity that has become associated with prayer. And He wants to get people back to the basics, back to the original purpose of prayer, which of course has always been to connect with God. To hear from God, to listen to God, to respond to God, to submit to God. And it would seem, by way of summary, the things that are important to Jesus based on this passage in Matthew chapter 6 the things that are important to Jesus are where we pray, what we say, and how we handle God's. Okay, and by that I mean how we handle the outcome of our prayers, both the prayers that appear to be answered and those that don't appear to be answered in the way we would like. And so Jesus would have had the attention of the people, no doubt. He would have had the attention because they would have been looking for freshness, for reinvigoration in their prayer life. Now, you can see the link. I'm hoping that these remaining moments will have your attention because I hope that you, like these original hearers, are looking for refreshment. And re-energizing of your prayer life. It's all here in this passage. So it's interesting that Jesus should focus on where to pray, the location of prayer. Look again at what he says in, in verse 5. Here it is, verse 5. When you pray, do not be like do not be like the hypocrites. They love to stand up and pray in the houses of worship and on the street corners, the synagogues and the and the temple, so that everyone will see them. I assure you. They have already been paid in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your Father who is unseen and your Father who sees what you do in private will reward you. Go to your room, close the door. Wait, wait, wait a minute, Lord. Uh, forget the reference to the spiritual the, the, the spiritual grandstanding. What is this about location for prayer? Especially the reference to Go into your room. Close the door. I mean, wh- wh- what's that about? are we able to pray anywhere? In the car? On the train? Walking along? In the gym? In the classroom? In the lecture theatre? Can't you pray anywhere? Well, yes, you can. Of course you can. But let's pause and think for a moment about levels of conversation. Okay, Levels of conversation. Now, let's, let's take marriage something with which I'm familiar, having been married for 42 years. Uh, I experience a certain level of conversation with Bev, a certain level of interaction in the everyday events of life. You know, Like, hey, what's happening this week? We always have a, a diary exchange at the beginning of the week. Um, yeah. Have we heard from the kids today? Um, how is your day? Um, what should we have for dinner? Like, I don't ask that question. Bev asked that question. Um... Uh, <laughs> hey it's, it's an era thing um, uh, what should be added to the shopping list you know what are we running out of that kind of stuff now look these and 101 other topics are covered in everyday conversation within families and they're necessary and they're important but look if that's the only level at which I interact with my wife there's probably a degree of superficiality and artificiality in the relationship which in times of testing is going to find that family that couple potentially wanting if that's the only level you experience Andy Stanley oh and I love it we have some people here this morning visiting from Andy Stanley's church in in in, in Atlanta Georgia how cool is that and I met them in the foyer and we welcome you guys and I've got a quote from from Andy Stanley he says that look He's the noted author and preacher from America. He says, look, most Christians, all of us, at some point or other, go through a season where our prayer life is fairly light and it's fairly superficial. And it can be summarised by, (laughs) Lord, give me, give me, bless me, bless me, help me, help me, heal me, heal me. You know, I mean, that's about where it kind of begins and ends. In the main, it's kind of prayer on the run. It's prayer that arises out of situations as and when they crop up. Back to the marriage example. Those everyday conversations uh, I mentioned earlier, I mean, they're in sharp contrast to the behind-closed-door conversations Bev and I try to have on a regular basis. Uh, Those intentional moments when the conversation is not so much about what's happening, it's, it's about us. It's about the relationship. It's about our hopes and dreams and aspirations. It's about our joys, our concerns, our doubts, our fears, our all of those things. Those moments when you really connect as a couple, you know, heart to heart, mind to mind, soul to soul. Now, they don't necessarily have to happen behind closed doors. You can do it over coffee, over dinner, a few nights away, a holiday time. But friends, these are conversations that, that every couple needs to build the foundation for a lifelong marriage. It's got to, you've got to go beyond, you know, well, what are we having for dinner tonight? You've got to talk at that deeper level. Uh, as one who's you know, helped couples, many couples over the years, I, I've come to the realisation that you know, marriages go through seasons. And it's how you adapt to the seasons of marriage that determines whether you have a lasting marriage or not and one of the seasons of marriage which is fraught with danger, fraught with danger, is when the kids leave home and that's why we're having a lot of marriage breakdown in those sort of middle and senior years because couples are finding that if if the glue that's held them together has been at that superficial sort of level of just running the house and managing the kids and taking the kids here and taking the kids there. When those kids have gone, if there's not a deeper level of interaction, that can mean a need for some pretty serious work on the marriage. Jesus talks about closing the door as a way of saying these more intimate moments of conversation with God, so necessary in our walk of faith, they require privacy. Privacy. They require intentionality. They require real focus. We don't ever read of Jesus going into a room and closing the door. Like, so it's not meant to be literally. We do read of him going out into the wilderness. I think I'd prefer the room option uh, <laughs> most of the time, you know. So look, the location for prayer is vital. Because on occasions we need to withdraw from the everyday. That's it. Location for prayer can be vital because we need to withdraw from the everyday, just like you do in a relationship. So the location for prayer is vital. Jesus' second concern is what we say. Check out verse 7. Let me refresh your memory. When you pray, do not use a lot of meaningless words as the pagans do, who think that their gods will hear them because their prayers are long. Do not be like them, says Jesus who think their gods will hear them because their prayers are long. Look, without being disrespectful, could it be that those prayer warriors from yesteryear, up the front with the reams and reams of paper, just (laughs) may have got it wrong? Could it be that my very esteemed lecturer in college may have missed the mark? Could it be that I and you sometimes mistake the length of our prayers for the depth of our prayers? Is, is that possible? Someone says, but wait a minute, I, I, I thought that you know, quality and quantity time with God in prayer was really important. Yes, it is. It is very important. But Jesus says what we say in that period is crucial. What we say, verse eight, let me look, remind you of it. Do not be like them, those who use a lot of meaningless words. Your father already knows what you need before you ask him, Wait a minute. Wait a minute. That is shock. That's shocking news. That's shocking news, isn't it? Your father knows what you need before you ask him. Then what's the point of prayer? Let, let's be real. What is the point of prayer? Now, this is the thing that hit me this week. And if it hits you, then our time together will have been really special. Here's the thing. Jesus as gently and as lovingly as he can, he's saying, when you pray in that quiet place, don't spend all your time. Don't spend all your time on give me, give me, bless me, bless me, help me, help me, heal me, heal me. Don't spend all your time on that. You know why? I already know about that. I already know about that. Mention that. I want you to express that, but let's not spend the whole because I, I would know about that. Wow, that's powerful. God is saying, and Jesus is saying, I want to focus more on our relationship. I, I want to focus more on how you're traveling with me, how you're journeying with me. I, I want you to discern what I may be saying, what I might want you to do. I want you to be more aware, more thankful of the things I'm already doing when it comes to blessing and help and healing. I, I want you to be a bit more aware. Wow, it's about the relationship. As are those moments in a marriage when you take time out to purposefully, intentionally talk, listen, just be. And prayer has its rewards and Jesus mentions that. In the case of the prayer performers, in verse 5, those guys who stand up in the worship and stand on the street corner, Jesus says, well, they have their reward. Their reward is the applause of people. Wow, way to go. Those gestures. Right on. Those words oh, Beautiful Love your work Doesn't mention God there That's just the applause of men What about those who close the door and pray in private Jesus says in verse 6 Watch this Verse 6 He says this When you pray Go to your room Close the door Pray to your father who's unseen And your father who sees what you do in private Will reward you oh, That's it Beautiful. But hey, not everything we want, everything we need. When you get the, you know, the, uh, the cumulative teaching of Scripture, it's not everything we want. It's not that simple. It's everything we need. The love, the grace, the forgiveness, the mercy, the justice of God. That's what you get. And friends, I've got to tell you, that's enough. Like, like That's all we need. That'll get you through the times when prayers won't be answered as you you would have liked. When you can be sure of the love, the mercy, the non-stop care of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know the whole thing we say here, when you can't see the hand of God, trust the heart of God. He's not messing with you. He's not he, wants, he wants you stable and firm, but he acknowledges life's tough. It's, he's not just going to pluck you out of every situation, he's going to grow you through those situations. You see, when it's all said and done, this is it. Prayer is more than a request for God to act. It is that, but it's more. It's a willingness to participate in the action he is already taking and wants to take. It's us laying ourselves, God, I want to be part of your action. I want to get to know you so well and so richly that I just want to be drawn into your, your movement in my church, in my community, in my family. I just want to be drawn in. I want to be yours. I want to be. See, prayer is meant to be more than an on the run, seat of the pants, good luck charm. Of course, we're going to be praying on the run. It's, it's, it's there. But if that's the only level of prayer we experience, if that's that level of what's happening, what are we doing this week, you know, oh, we need this, need that, uh-uh, it's got to be deeper. Where we pray is important in terms of purpose and intentionality. What we say is crucial in terms of developing the relationship and enriching the relationship. So you want to lift your prayer life to the next level, as I do. As I do. Where you pray is important. Not location in the sense, but just like intentionality, taking time out. And what you say. He knows what's going on. He doesn't need to be reminded, but he does need us to make ourselves more accessible to his love and grace and the power of his Holy Spirit. Wow. Let's thank him for that, shall we?